your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And as always, appreciate you making this the first listen of your day. Uh, On today's episode, we will be going over how training camp is going so far. Uh, We will also this week, uh, because we're back to five days a week, uh, or five shows a week, Uh, we will be discussing one kind of burning question each day. And today we are going to look at injuries and the health of the avalanche and how important that is for this team to stay healthy. Because let's face it, the past couple of years has been uh, injury plagued. They've fought through it, but can they keep doing that? If again, this is a season riddled with injuries up and down the lineup. So uh, we'll get to all that and then some. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. And of course, follow the show on the YouTube channel. Just search for you or just on YouTube, search for Locked on Avalanche and then subscribe and get notified when a brand new episode just like this one drops. All right. So training camp, how's it going? Uh, so far, so good. It, it seems it, there's really nothing coming out of training camp where you are kind of concerned, like, are they going to have to you know, do they need more time to work on this or that or whatever the case may be? It seems like they are really firing on uh, close to all cylinders as possible. Uh, I've heard from multiple people that that top line, and is it any secret, is absolutely flying. So when they do have their first preseason game here in uh Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Monday, it's Tuesday against Vegas. Uh, that is, I'm, I, and you never know who's going to play in these things. Most of the time, like you're, you're. That's a good thing about NHL preseason is most of your guys play. Um, so even you know beyond preseason, first game of the season, first shift, I am looking forward to seeing what that combination is is going to do. It does not seem like they need much time to get on the same page there might be some there if there is they're getting past all of that nonsense now in practice but it doesn't seem like they are are in need of uh, a time frame to to kind of start gelling you wouldn't think that they need it you know they've been playing together long enough that they know where each one of them is going to be what their role is what they have to do and it appeared they were flying through every drill that Bednar was throwing at them. So uh, if, the, I mean, that's your line, that's your top line. And those are the guys that everybody tunes in to see. Uh, and, you know, on day two and day three of camp, it seems like they're in midseason form. 
you almost want to just bypass the the preseason and just get this this puppy started right now. Um, beyond that, you're hearing good things about a lot of players, and uh, Nachuskin seems to be settled in on that second line. Kyle and I last week kind of predicted the lines. He had Nachuskin on the second line. I was putting him on the third, not as any punishment. I just think thought he worked very well on that third line. And I thought they would bump up maybe like new hook to the second line, which still may happen over the course of a season. You know, shifts change for a number of reasons, but it doesn't look like Nichuskin, you know, unless he just falls flat. It, he either needs to fall flat and, and just not progress the way that he has been, or Alex Newhook just needs to go completely off and, uh, it, it, to, you know, to the point where you have to put him on the second line. I mean, which anything is possible, but right now it just seems like Valnichuskin has entrenched himself in in that second line. And Jared Bednar was asked, you know, not it, it wasn't like, do you plan? Or I can't remember how it was phrased. What the question was, but it was more or less asking like, wh- how how do you like him on the second line? And he just said, I love it, I love it. So. That was kind of uh, one of the questions, not one that we're covering today, but who's going to replace uh, Donskoy? Because uh, he was he had a great season last year. Um, and you kind of turn to the youth of the Avalanche. Could it be one of those guys? Is it Val Nachuskin? It could be, but in a different way. Nachuskin's not going to put up points the way that Donskoy did. But Nachuskin will... You know, he. we were talking about it last week, I think it was, for, you know, awards and like Selkie awards. He could win that thing if he's up on the second line consistently all year long. So uh, stuff like that. You like you like hearing good things about that. As far as the young guys, uh, it's yeah, you still hear about New Hook. I haven't heard too much about Byram, but I feel like he's he's doing fine. Uh, Bowers, I keep hearing things about Shane Bowers that he is, you know, progressing well. Is it enough to gain a spot? I don't know about that. Um, Justin Barron seems like it's gonna, they're going to make it. He's going to make it difficult to leave him off of this roster. Probably will be in the beginning, but one of those guys, kind of in that Sampo Ranta realm, where maybe won't make the opening day roster, but as the season goes along, and there are some injuries. Guys like him could get the opportunity to step up, and uh, you know you never know what happens once that that does happen when they bring him up. Because once they bring him up, if they take advantage of that opportunity, you'd be hard pressed to remove them. Uh, but it seems like he has he's really taken advantage of this. So he's a guy to watch in these preseason games. See what he can do against, you know, uh, especially open, your your opening preseason game against Vegas. Uh, and yeah, I know it's preseason, but still, there's guys like him on the other team too, pressing for a spot. So uh, a lot to look forward to, and, and I don't envy the coaching staff, and you know, and Joe Sakic and Jared Bednar and all the assistant coaches, and how they're going to whittle this team down and and find the the right combination of players. And once they do, I. I have a good vibe about this team. Just even, you know, the guys that don't make the squad right off the bat, uh, 
uh, I just, you get the impression that they know that they still have a role despite maybe not making the opening day roster. Um, and that role is to be on the ready because it could get called at, at any point. And why might it get called at any point? Uh, because we are all too familiar with injuries in avalanche land. So uh, let's discuss that. But first, we're going to talk about direct TV stream. And does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all of the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Once again, that website is directtv.com. And it works with compatible devices and content varies by package. So injuries, uh, we, yes, we, we know them so, so well in Colorado land. Uh, and you're going into this season thinking, can we at least minimize the injuries? It's hockey. It's a long season. It's 82 games. It's a rough sport. There's going to be, there's going to be injuries. But it does it not seem that, you know, the Colorado Avalanche just seem to have a way of everybody getting injured. Um, you start, and it seems like they are pretty much healthy. We know that the only one who's not going to start the season, all things considered, everything goes well in the preseason, uh, that it is Devontae's, right? Yeah, Taves is the only one that we know is not going to start the season. They did talk about him, too. Bednar did saying he he doesn't expect him to be out very long to start the season. And once he's clear, he's been skating. I guess he's been skating for a while. Uh, but once he's cleared to play, I, you're thinking a couple practices and then he's back out on the ice. And then, you know, that that's always a scary situation when you finally get back, especially with a it was a shoulder procedure, I believe. That's dangerous <laughs> when you're finally going to start hitting guys again. Those first couple of hits, maybe that's why they're going to have him practice first to take a couple hits in, in practice and see if it holds up because you're going to be favoring that no matter, I don't care who you are until it gets hit once or twice and then you feel okay and you're like, all right, let's go. Uh, so he's the only one that's going to be out. We know Kale McCarr is wearing a red jersey, but there doesn't seem to be any issues with that. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know why my camera keeps panning in and out, but Sorry, I'll figure it out. Um, so outside of that, things seem to be going okay. And clearly you want to uh, make that, you want to minimize how many injuries you have during the season. Sometimes it's completely out of your hands. There's a guy that takes a run on you, gives you a check, your body goes into the boards weird, you're going to be injured. Uh, but you're starting the season outside of, like I said, Taves slash Makar, but he seems to be fine. Uh, going into the season relatively healthy. 
And the guys that you are going to watch without a doubt are Eric Johnson, uh, who doesn't, I mean, he's just had a string of bad luck the past couple seasons. You know, he's, I want to, let me find his, uh, his career stats here. Um, where's his career? Okay. Cause games played. Uh, so last year he only had four the year before that 59 and, and we're going backwards 80, 62, 46. So that wasn't a, a good one. 73 and then 47. So 80, 31, 73, 22. So it seems like every other year he's missing some games with the exception of the past two seasons where, I mean, he had 59, so he was, wasn't awful, but without a doubt, that's a guy that you're going to watch for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, he's one of uh, the fan favorites because he's had two years in a row. Uh, well, no, that the, the two years in a row was 59 and that was a shortened season. So that was okay. But, um, you know, you want him out there because his team is supposed to compete. And, uh, you know, after let's just fast forward and say this team does win it all after Gabe Landeskog throws it up, he's probably handing it to Eric Johnson. Uh, so you just want him on the ice for as long as possible and have a good, healthy season and help this team because he can help this team in a number of ways. And if they're putting him on a line with Bowen Byram, which seems to be the case right now, that is the old and the new personified. So, uh, and that would be an exciting, exciting pairing for, for the duration of the season. So you're going to be looking at Eric Johnson. You're going to be looking at Pavel Francos, another guy that missed all of last year and was trending in as good a direction as you can trend that heading into the COVID break. Um, and, you know, he, he talked a little bit about, or his doctors or somebody talked a little bit about th- this uh, surgery that he had. There was a time where he was thinking, am I going to play at all? Because he had surgery on his hips, which I think are important for the goalie position. And he said, you know, I'm watching these games thinking while he's hurt after surgery, thinking, am I going to be able to do this again? But as time went on, he starts to heal. And he says he's he's back and he loves the sport and can't wait to get back out there. So I'm looking forward to him seeing what he does. And he's not getting thrown in the position to be the number one guy because obviously that goes to Darcy Kemper, who is another guy that we need to watch because he's been a little bit fragile. He's been when he's out there, he's great. And we've talked a lot about the trade and I think it's a great trade. I think at the end of the year, people are going to be very happy with it. Obviously, you you say that when I can say that if he stays healthy, that goes without saying. But, you know, to switch it over to football, remember when uh, <clears throat> the Broncos named Teddy Bridgewater the, the starter? If you were following on social media, there was a lot of people up in arms about that. They did not want him to be the starter. They wanted Locke to be the starter. After three games... I know it's only three games, and I know all three teams don't even have a win that they've beaten, but you're 3-0. and uh, Everybody is Teddy Bridgewater mania right now. You might get something similar with Darcy Kemper. Uh, and, and, you know, after the first couple weeks, if you get out on, the, on a good foot and he's playing very well, people are going to see, be saying Grubauer who. Mark my words. 
so, but he's got a, a history of injury. So another guy. And then just these little ones that happen all throughout the season. Remember a couple of years ago, Miko Rantanen just felt like he couldn't stay healthy. He find, he he got hurt. He got a, a bad, nasty ankle injury. I believe it was against the Blackhawks where it just turned in the opposite direction. He was out for a while. He came back and then got hurt again. Uh, you can almost count on Gabe Landeskog missing a couple games here and there because of just the way he plays. Uh, you know, obviously Nathan McKinnon for the most part has gone unscathed. He's missed a couple games here and there, and he lucked out on the COVID season because he was going to be out for a couple weeks, and then I think he missed one game, which was going to start his uh, couple weeks of injuries or games that missed due to injuries. And then they canceled or paused the season. So he lucked out for that. But uh, who else is on here that's kind of injury, catches the injury bug a lot? Those are the main ones. Um, but you're going to have guys that, you know, you don't typically think of them as injury plagued and are just going to get hurt and miss a game here or there. And that's where the depth comes in, which is a another day that we will cover. Uh, I think we do that on Wednesday. So look, every team has to deal with this. This is not exclusive to the avalanche. And for the past couple seasons when, you know, they've, they've missed players said it so many times, they hold their head above water. A lot of that is due thanks to Nathan McKinnon. A lot of it was due to Philip Grubauer in goal. Um, and a lot of it was, the guys that they promoted up to take the spot held the line. And that's all you want to do. If, if you have, uh, if you know a guy's going to be out, uh, you know, a few days, you know, you can get through that. If you know he's going to be out like a few weeks, uh, it, depending on who it is, obviously, if it's one of your top guys, someone really needs to step up. If it's a bottom sixer, you can plug someone in that you know is going to be serviceable and, and you can get through that. And the avalanche have done it, but they can't rely on that saying like, okay, when we have injuries w- the past couple of years, we've been just fine. No, you still have to perform and you just can't hold your hat on. Yeah. The past couple of years when we have injuries, everything, everything seemed to be okay. So it'll be okay again. You can't, you can't say that. And the Avs last year, I think there was only, one team that had more games missed than them. And God, I wish I could remember who it was. I, I think it was a Canadian team, not counting COVID stuff, because I think that would have went to Vancouver. Um, this is on the ice, you know, injuries due to things going on on the ice. But they're, they were up there. And the fact that they still won the President's Trophy, minor miracle. So, uh, tomorrow, what were we going to do tomorrow? Uh, we, so today was health and, um, injuries and tomorrow we were going to talk about, uh, depth and the, the depth of the avalanche. So, uh, we shall see if some of these guys can, like we're saying uh, earlier, need to step up because you lost a good amount of guys. So, We'll talk about that tomorrow. Uh, But for now, we're going to listen to or hear from BuiltBar.com. You know it. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market.
and they have so many delicious flavors to choose from, such as coconut and raspberry and mint brownie, double chocolate, orange, strawberry, cookies and cream. The list goes on and on. And if you haven't tried them, you can get a mixed box where you get each, you get two each of nine flavors available. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar. Only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. So go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so uh, right now, just they're playing their first preseason game. Seattle is it's uh, they're losing two to nothing to Vancouver. It's at the second intermission now, or no, first intermission as I'm recording this. But um, for the Avalanche, uh, yeah, their Vegas is is their first preseason game, and I was thinking of you know who are we developing rivalries with anybody outside of the division? And I might do a a segment on this later on, but you would have to put Vegas in there because a good rivalry is when both teams are good at the top. I guess you could say if they're at the bottom too, that could still be a rivalry, but you know, when one team is, is running through the league and the other, you know, can't get out of their own way. It's not really a right. I mean, it's a one-sided rivalry, but right now outside of the division, again, you're always going to have those rivalries with St. Louis and definitely Minnesota and definitely Dallas. You're going to have those rivalries within the division. No doubt outside of the division. Uh, I think, I think Vegas is, is probably their nemesis right now because they're good. They've beaten you. More recently in the playoffs, they've beaten you. And, you know, the season series, remember last year with the way the schedule was constructed with the baseball style of schedule, and they played four times in a row. Uh, The middle of that was the Lake Tahoe game. And I believe the Avalanche lost the first one. That was their first game coming out of a COVID pause. They lost the first one, won the second two. Uh, won the Lake Tahoe game, and then the next game, which I think was in Colorado, and then the last game they lost. So a split right down the middle, two to two for those four games. Anyway, that that's you know that's not a lopsided rivalry. Um, other than Vegas, I think people are still will always be hung up on Detroit, and now that you know that they play in a completely different conference. Maybe that's your out-of-conference rival. Maybe it always will be. But it's, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. It's not what it used to be in the late 90s. Uh, That is one of the best rivalries of all time. But it was, and I think the reason why it is is because it was short-term for the most part. Uh, After 2002, it was pretty much over. So they don't go at each other the same way like, you know, Michigan and Ohio State does year in and year out. Um, It's just a different type of rivalry. But because it happened, I still think fans whenever, especially this year, you haven't seen the Red Wings in a long time. So the first time that they meet up, uh, I think, you know, fans just always pay attention to it, to an Avalanche Red Wings game. 
so I think, yeah, I think outside of the division within the conference, I would say obviously it's Vegas outside of the, of the entire conference going to the Eastern conference, probably still uh, Detroit. But then that goes in against what I was just saying. Like one team is on the top, one team is on the bottom. So who would it be on the East coast? It's tough to say. It's tough to find a, a, an Eastern conference team that would be your rival right now. So uh, let me know who, who you think. I mean, is it just, you don't want to just say like a team like Toronto just because, or Tampa Bay, just because they're the, the good teams. You don't really have any beef with them. So uh, I kind of want to know who outside of uh, the conference, who the avalanche rival would be. And if you don't think it's anybody right now, guess in who it could be. Could it be Toronto? Could it be Tampa? Could it be Boston? So, because uh, it's good to have rivals. It's fun to have rivals. So let me know. Uh, locked on avalanche at gmail.com or find me on Twitter, LLP and underscore avalanche or my personal Twitter page. If you're watching on YouTube is up on that screen as well. So uh, that's going to be it for today, everybody. Like I said in the beginning, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. If you want a great second listen of your day, definitely check out Locked on NHL. Uh, I, I host that one on Thursday with Adam Denker from Locked On Lightning. But every day uh, we have a host breaking down all of the important stuff in with nine games, nine preseason games being played yesterday. Uh, definitely check that out because they'll talk. I'm sure they'll be talking about some good stuff and all the other teams that were played that do not include the Colorado Avalanche. But they will Tuesday. That's going to be it, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It is always appreciated, and definitely tune in tomorrow. We'll be talking about the depth as the second burning question for the Avs. And uh, anything else you got, get a hold of me. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, it's always appreciated, and we will see everyone tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.